0: Hey guys, welcome to Dark Veil. Vale. We're your hosts, John and Tori. Dark Veil vale is a podcast that discusses the darker side of life.
1: We are not professionals on any of the topics we discuss.
0: We do as much research as we can and we do try to be as accurate as possible. However, no one is perfect and neither are we.
1: Because we're discussing the darker side of things, this podcast is best listened to by a mature audience.
0: So sit back and get ready to podcast, podcast and chill <laughs>
1: To Dark Vale and welcome to episode sixteen. 16. Yeah, gotcha. Uh, my name is Tori
0: and my name is John.
1: And today we are going to talk about that line between how people like being scared. Yep. But where does it cross over to? not being fun anymore. Yeah, so
0: like it's too real.
1: Yeah, like this the phenomenon of the phenomena of um enjoying being scared and frightened, right? Yep. Yeah. And when it's too much. So I feel like there's a fine line between that and I think it's also kind of interesting how something we don't like we kinda like a little bit.
0: It's true. I think that probably the majority of the population likes to likes to be scared. I know I like to be scared. Um, but with that being said, it's generally being scared in like a safety net. Yeah. Of being in your own home or maybe in a theater like you're watching a scary movie or something like that. But... Um,
1: yeah, it's got like 50% of the elements of frightening, but 50% of it is knowing that you're safe and it's simulated, basically. It's not real. Yeah. But it's real. Yeah, I don't know.
0: exactly. It still gives us that that jump or that uneasy feeling. Um, we still get uh, the release of dopamine and endorphins and stuff but in a a safe area and maybe that's what makes it so much more enjoyable yeah <clears throat>
2: excuse me
1: and then there's people who don't enjoy that at all like no part of them is having fun
2: yeah yeah
0: there's definitely those people that can handle very little scares at all they don't even want to watch a horror movie in the comfort of their own home.
1: Somehow those are the people that are the most fun to scare, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. It <laughs>
2: is true. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, so... <clears throat> so, I was just gonna uh, start off with fear and kind of how it works. Oh, yes. Um. So, this one is straight from Wikipedia. A quote, Uh, fear is an emotion induced by perceived fear or threat, which causes physiological changes and ultimately behavioral changes such as fleeing, hiding, or freezing from perceived traumatic events. Fear in human beings may occur in response to a certain stimulus Occurring in the present or in the anticipation or expectation of a future threat or perceived risk to oneself. The fear response arises from the perception of danger leading to confrontation with or escape from the threat, basically. um, So, I think the main thing about fear... Is that it? Uh, it's directly involved with the perception of danger. It, if we're gonna like throw it into like maybe the simplest way of explaining it, yeah. so your kind of like natural response to perceiving danger is fear, and fear is uh like a base emotion. Like it's it's real. It's also yeah. directly like it's a natural feeling or emotion like fear
2: yeah yeah. um
1: fear is closely related to the emotion anxiety which occurs as the result of threats that are perceived to be uncontrollable or unavoidable and i thought that was interesting too yeah for sure um so that's all of kind of the dry stuff that i was gonna pull from maybe like a definition or something um I just wanted to kind of highlight that fear is a very natural part of being alive. Yeah. And some may even say that it's uh, necessary.
0: Oh, I think so for sure. It's something that every human has experienced. I don't think there is a single person in the entire world that can say they've never been scared even for a second. Or that they didn't feel fear for a second.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, <clears throat> excuse me. I came up with some stuff I wrote based on a few things I read, and I do have show uh, links. I'll be putting links in the show notes about where I got my sources from. Um, so, fear is primitive. It's at the base of all humans. It's a piece of us. Um, it's essentially been around for as long as humans have been around. It's Fear's main reason for existing is to keep us alive. There's a biochemical and an emotional response involved with fear. So the bioche- biochemical is with your body. Um, you know, like a biochemical response to fear could be like adrenaline, um, breathing heavy.
2: Yeah. Sweating.
1: Uh, your heart... Is beating faster, things like that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it also brings up what we've talked about many times in our episodes, which is fight or flight.
2: Yeah, for sure.
1: Um, your body essentially prepares to do one or the other. There's also the third one, freeze. Yeah. But we're hoping that doesn't happen because that is probably the least effective one.
0: Yeah. I'd say in most cases people are, are generally going to go with fight or flight. I don't. I know. I know. There's the because I've heard of the term too. Like you freeze with fear. Like you're paralyzed with fear. Yeah. Basically. So, but I think most people, it's if if fight isn't the most in grade one, flight is kind of going to be the for sure go to.
2: Because
0: mm-hmm. um, I know for myself if I come around a dark alley corner and there's some guy with a knife in the air, I'm not about to try and fight. I'm, I'm going all about flight. I'm taking off running. Yeah. You know, and, and that there's, I don't, I just can't, I don't think I would just, ah, and then stand there frozen, you know,
1: yeah, I'm I'm worried if that ever happens to me that my response is throwing my hands in the air and yelling, ah, and freezing. But I think Excuse my uh, natural response is running too, but I don't know. There's a piece of me that wants to believe I would try to kick his leg or something so that he falls, but that's probably not <laughs> not what's going to happen. But... The I think the in- interesting thing about this is that there's like a transition between your biochemical moving over to your emotional because what you're thinking is gonna affect what your physical responses to right yeah so with fight or flight there there comes in that emotional response because you have a few seconds to think about what you're perceiving as the danger and then, you know, responding. So, um, emotional responses are unique to you as a person. Everybody has different emotions that are involved with what they're perceiving is happening and not everybody's gonna come out with the same idea. Yeah. Um... I thought that was pretty interesting because it makes sense, right? Um, Your emotions are going to help figure out what your response is, basically. Uh, There's also a spectrum of responses that we can go through when we are experiencing something, such as fear. Like, for example, a jump scare is scary, right? Yeah. But it's also fun for a lot of people. So there's... You know, like a jump scare, let's say you pop out at me and I screamed and I'm scared. So I'm, my first response is I'm scared, but then we laugh usually, right? It's funny. Yeah. And I go away from the incident thinking that was fun. Yeah. That that was good, right? So there's a spectrum of fears on the spectrum too, right? Like it was also fun. It was this and that. And I want to do it again. So, in my opinion, most of what we fear when we're thinking of something we're scared of is a conditioned fear. And what's a conditioned fear? Um, Well, we develop conditioned fears. They're not ones that we're, like, born with for, like, immediate... Safety. Yeah. Okay. So you can develop some conditioned fears like that too. Like I tripped on the, the deck once and now I'm... But that's more to do with like rational stuff. Yeah.
0: I was going to say. Right? So it's more of a rational fear than you but, have a reason to fear that.
1: But a lot of the fears that we think of when we think of what we're scared of is more of a like conditioned fear on the irrational side.
0: Yeah.
2: Right?
1: So when I say, Like if I was to ask you like what are you scared of? You're not going to... You're probably not going to say, I'm scared of going outside and walking into a tree. Yeah. Uh, you're not going to say, I'm scared of accidentally walking off a cliff. You're probably going to go with something like, I'm scared a spider's going to bite me while I'm sleeping. And then they're going to lay something under my skin. Like <laughs>
2: yeah, something
1: yeah. more rational, right? Yeah. So, and sometimes certain incidents can cause a conditioned fear so one time uh i was outside and a bird was for some reason or another swooping at me and trying to peck me yeah and for a very very long time i had a very irrational fear of pretty much every bird and Several years ago, I was uh, like a full grown adult with children and I had a job, right? Yeah. And I worked at Canadian Tire and like a bunch of seagulls had met in a giant flock. Oh, yeah. And they were just flying over Canadian Tire for some reason. Yeah. And I absolutely couldn't go inside. I, they weren't after me yeah. i just couldn't get make myself get out of my car a very irrational fear that started out from an incident but the mind has a way of growing it yeah. into something else yeah. right like do you have any irrational fears that come to mind yeah
0: my absolute biggest irrational fear has got to be spiders mm-hmm. um I think they're ugly and they're creepy, but my actual fear of them is completely irrational. I was never attacked by one when I was a kid. I didn't get bit and then got real sick. I didn't get anything laid under my seat. Like, I have no real reason to fear them.
1: Maybe, sorry to cut in there, but maybe it's just because it's it's a conditioned fear. Like, because often a conditioned fear works on the negative side. So um, things we think of negative work into our fears so maybe without knowing it it was really taught to you that things like spiders were more related to something bad and scary than just existing as an insect that helps and you know that can just be laid into your your psyche uh in light layers that add up to something i don't know i'm not a
0: psychologist (laughs) yeah but what you said is logical and makes a lot of sense Um, and, and I don't know, because my, my fear of spiders almost is completely inclusive of most bugs. Yes. Um, certain ones, like, like flies don't bother me. Um.
1: Bees and wasps and stuff.
0: Yeah, they, I run for the hills, bees and wasps. And I know, because... Even those big, we get these big giant bumble, bumblebees right outside our house. Yeah. And I know they're not going to do anything. Excuse me. I know they're not, but I actually just can't control myself when they (laughs) get real close to me and I jump up and arms are flailing and I'm running and, and that's, that's pretty much with almost any bug. Yeah. And if I get creeped out by a bug. Even a fly landing on me is, uh, like, the initial, like, jump scare. Like, uh, oh, okay. Just a fly. Nothing to worry about there.
1: (laughs) That can... uh, To me, that just relates back to what you automatically think when you think of that category, right? Yeah. So, if your brain is automatically going to, like, bugs, and then you're just always, like, bad because they're icky, or bugs yuck, then it would make more sense to me that even though nothing happened to you, somehow you've just developed a really negative connotation to spiders, for example, right? Yeah, so, yeah. And it doesn't that help. makes sense. It doesn't help that um, spiders are often portrayed in movies and other things as something scary. Like, a spider is never, like, the cute thing that everyone's gushing over, right? Like, yeah. it's... The way it's presented in general, too, right?
0: Yeah, Um, for sure, and that makes sense.
1: Yeah, so I I would say that birds used to be one of mine. Yeah, I've worked very hard to not be like that now, but it's mainly from facing my fear and just being like, "It's a bird." Like, what's like, what are the odds it's going to happen? Yeah. So. Um, like, when I was married, I was telling you a story about how we were, my husband and I, my ex-husband and I... Yeah, <laughs> We were eating, uh, McDonald's in our car. And, like, at a park. And yep. he rolled the windows down, like, to feed a seagull. And I absolutely just started losing my mind crying. Yeah. Because the bird was too close. I, like, it didn't even go... Like, there wasn't much logic into it, like... I didn't even know what I thought was going to happen next. It was just too close, right? Yeah, yeah. So. Um, so, yeah, like I said, we, we irrationally take something that may have happened and kind of blow it out of proportion. And now we've developed a bigger fear about it or... Somehow just maybe like our ideas of what we think about something irrationally turns into a fear based on the connotation we have towards it. Things like that, right? Yeah. Um, we believe maybe sometimes something from the past might happen again and then we make all these stories. And what I wrote here is, for example, my son uh, was hit by a truck when he was crossing the street. I have lived in various degrees of fear of that happening again on some level for a few years now. Um, The odds that that's going to happen again are super low. Yeah. Right? So just things like that. And like I was saying before, we, we can also get conditioned to fear things that we think of as negative. Like a graveyard, for example. It's a place dead people are. Ooh, a ghost might be there. I don't want to go there at night because something can happen to me, but the truth is is a graveyard is probably no different than any other piece of land anywhere, yeah, right? Like yeah. if we're thinking logically. <clears throat> so um I think you come up with some stuff about or we're reading some stuff about why do we like being scared?
0: Yeah here just uh two seconds yeah so part of the reason uh people like being scared um by movies by video games you know uh things like that um is because our brains know we're safe so we don't really get the fight or flight mechanism
1: yes okay
0: from that one but we still get Uh, A dopamine release Uh, we still get um, like it it boosts our adrenaline Mm -hmm.
2: Um,
0: and that's that's from being scared and it creates a state of arousal similar to when we're excited so there is there's a big chemical payoff for our bodies yeah and so as much as we we might say we don't like being scared. Oh, uh, that's too scary, blah, blah, blah. But then when we do something that's thrilling or gives us a bit of a thrill, especially in our own comfort zone, yep. we we get all the payoff with really none of the risk.
1: Yeah, that's a good right?
0: point. Like there's thrill seekers that, you know, got to jump out of planes and um, do crazy stunts and tricks on motocross or, you know, what have you, whatever... Yeah. Uh, rows your boat Um, but for a lot of us we just enjoy a good thrill at home uh, and I, again I, I guess it's not even necessarily at home it's just mostly it's in our comfort zone so even if we go out and we do something thrilling we're doing it on our terms
1: yes and exactly.
0: that's comfortable for us so there's less a less feeling of risk
1: Yeah. Involved? Yeah, but we're still getting a little bit of the shock of the unknown. Yeah. A surprise is coming, right?
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: Nice. Um, Yeah, so that kind of leads into the next part that I wrote. So, what's the difference between being scared in a safe way versus an actual brutal and scary way? Like, how do you know it's going to be too much or not enough, right? Yeah. How do you get that
2: Where do you
0: f- draw the line?
1: And I think for the most part nobody really knows until they've pushed their lo- their level of comfort, right? Yeah. Um so like you said, um being scared in a safe way happens when we have the opportunity to m- to make the choice ourselves. Yeah. Right?
0: Yeah, on our own terms and
1: Yeah, so we're in control of what we're putting ourselves through basically. Right. Um, I also believe that the knowing that it will have an ending helps. Yeah. Right. So it will not go on indefinitely is something that helps to separate it from. Put it, keep it in the category of its entertainment as opposed to something that's Truly terrifying, because Fear of the Unknown is very big for humans, right? It's
2: (coughs) huge.
0: So that,
1: that being said, there's a different level of scare entertainment out there, right? Yeah. And it is... There's a different level of scare entertainment out there, and... I think I'm going to touch on that in the end because it's kind of like ending it with something kind of shocking or whatever. Yeah. But um, I found an article from psychologytoday.com, and I'll put the link in the notes, as always. Um, There's really only five basic fears humans have. Oh, really? and you can put your category of fears into one of these five. And so what do you do you have a guess about what you think maybe the top five fears? These are more like categories of fears. So it's not something like spiders as number 5 or something.
0: Yeah. So yeah. I <clears throat> I would say the number 1 would be the fear of the unknown.
1: Yes. Um I believe that one fits into this, but it's not quite categorized like that, and they don't actually have it, like, number... It's almost impossible impossible to pick which one would be the worst fear for most humans, right? Yeah. So it's not even numbered like that, but... Um, so... It says, and I quote, that there are only five basic fears out of which almost all of our other so-called fears are manufactured, and these are extinction. So the fear of annihilation or ceasing to exist, the fear of dying basically, right? Yeah. There is a more fundamental way to express it than just fear of death. The idea of no longer being arouses a primary existential. (laughs)
0: existential
1: yes anxiety in all normal humans consider the panicky feeling you get when you look over the edge of a high building
2: for example
1: right yikes yeah uh so yeah like what stuff goes in that your fear for your physical safety right so heights uh other things
0: yeah i well with that, I would say for sure the fear of heights, fear of the unknown. You don't, yeah. you don't know if uh, suddenly there's just going to be a bad gust of wind. What right when you're looking over the edge or like who knows? But I feel like definitely
1: there's a lot of sub fears that you can throw in there. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, also, since it's the fear of extinction of just ceasing to exist, you. You could just think about where you go when you die and get trapped into some fear there, too. Oh, yeah. where do you go? Like, just a loop Just of... start
0: getting some rabbit holes on that one and yeah. going in circles. Uh,
1: okay, so the next one, mutilation. The fear of losing any part of our precious body structure. The thought of having our bodies or our bodies' boundaries invaded or of losing the integrity of an, any organ, body part, or natural function. Anxiety about animals, such as bugs, spiders, snakes, and other creepy things arise from the fear of mutilation.
0: That makes sense, because you get bit, could get impaled, you could get crushed. You could have a limb crushed, or depending on the type of animal, it could just tear it right off.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Loss of autonomy. I can read a lot of words and know what they mean, but am I good at saying them? Autonomy. I think
0: autonomy. I think was right. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, The fear of being immobilized, paralyzed, restricted, (laughs) (laughs) restricted. Overwhelmed and trapped, imprisoned, smothered, or otherwise controlled by circumstances beyond our control. In physical form, it's commonly known as claustrophobia, but it also extends to our social interactions and relationships. So, they're not wrong. They're not wrong. I, I, I have a fear of things like that, too. Um, do you have a comment on that?
0: Yeah, I would say I have a fear of that too. I used to enjoy when I was a kid you throw a like a big bed sheet down on the floor and then you lay on it and you grab it and you roll yourself up in into it. You just roll across the floor and you're in like a cocoon, which is is really fun.
1: <laughs> you're looking at me like everyone's done that. I don't I've never done that.
0: Oh, me me and my sister used to do that, but but it's fun but only until You can't unroll yourself out of it because your, your arms are stuck to your side and you can't, you can't wiggle them free because you rolled yourself tight. So it's, you get like a, a very claustrophobic feeling and a very restrained feeling.
1: What's fun about it until then though? What's fun?
0: Eh, just just the actual act of doing it, I guess. <laughs> it sounds ridiculous.
1: So it's... no, it doesn't, because <clears throat> it's a, it's a game. But is it is it fun until you realize you can't get out?
0: But it's fun because a lot of times when you roll yourself up, yeah, you can just roll the opposite okay. direction and it'll unroll. But sometimes it's like the blanket gets or the, the sheet gets stuck. Oh okay. and, and you roll and it's not unraveling anymore. And then you're like, oh shit, I'm, I can't get out. I can't get <laughs> out. I can't get out. <laughs> and you almost get this like moment of panic. But but yeah I could I could definitely get that. Being restrained, feeling entrapped. i think um like things that are out of your control, flying is is a big fear of mine i mean you're in
1: yeah you're trapped in a plane physically
0: exactly like there's no once you're up in the air there's no getting out of it now you have to just suffer through it and and nothing's in your control except sitting in a seat that's about it right like
1: yeah yeah that makes sense i also have a fear of flying um so Another one is separation, the fear of abandonment, rejection, and the loss of connectedness, of uh, of becoming a non-person, unwanted, uh, not wanted, respected, or valued by anyone else. The silent treatment, when imposed by a group, can have a devastating effect on its target. So, I didn't realize that was in a category of true fears, but I guess... When I think about it, yes, nobody wants to be alone. Yeah, a a piece of, uh, like a like an essential human need is love and belonging. So, not having that,
2: would, yeah,
1: is very scary.
0: Oh, for sure. Yeah, that one makes sense.
1: Uh, ego death. So the fear of humiliation, shame, or any other mechanism of profound self disapproval that threatens the loss of integrity of the self the fear of the shattering or disintegration of one's structured sense of lovability capability and worthiness so i feel like the fear of humiliation is something that pretty much anyone from any time or culture can relate to
0: yeah i would agree for (laughs) sure
1: and I think everybody's had some sort of version of the dream where you go to school naked or whatever. Yeah.
0: Like,
1: <laughs> that's ingrained in us for some reason.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'd say that most most people have a definite fear of humi- humi- humiliation on some level.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> um, so, all this being said... Um both of us like scaring yep. each other. We like being scared. Yeah. And we both find humor and fun in it. Yeah. For the most part, right? Yeah. Like I can't I think you've jumped out at me far more than I've done to you. <laughs> yeah. But I can't think of a time I've actually been mad at you for it. Yeah. Or like truly felt Scared for my safety or something. Yeah. It's always just ended up fun.
0: Yeah. Right? Just a playful scare.
1: Um, And I think that's a huge part of why it's entertainment is because it's like we kind of know without thinking about it or talking about it where the line is, right? Yeah. Like... If any of your pranks involved a a real knife, but you weren't trying to hurt me, I would be mad at you still because the potential for something bad to happen uh, would be there, right? Yeah. But because it's mainly just like hiding under a table and grabbing (laughs) your leg or something like that. Like, it's it's pretty fun, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. It's pretty tame scares. Um, I just watched... I watch this. Uh, he's like a Facebook personality or whatever, like just makes videos for on Facebook, and um, his name is Kristen Hanby, and he always plays pranks on his family and pranks on his girlfriend and stuff. But he did a prank I watched last night, and I I really <clears throat> like it was it was kind of funny in its own right, but he he made his girlfriend believe he wasn't going to be there for the night got all dressed up in black and a ski mask and everything to hide and hidden the shadows outside and banged on the glass and this this is just his girlfriend home alone yep. in their home and so she was so he he built up her fear by doing that because she's like what the hell is banging on the glass and blah 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 and then he used his key to the back door crept into the house grabbed a plate out of the cupboard and dropped it on the ground. So it smashed. Yeah. And then he waited and she never came out. And then he went and he stood outside their bedroom door and he just waited. And then he opened it and she instantly started screaming and she was almost crying and And that, and he's laughing and laughing. And and so I can see, I can see some of the humor in it, but I honestly was like, boy, that's, that's the point where I would think that things got taken a little bit too far because when you've, like, I've never scared you to a point where you've had tears and, excuse me, because that seems like that's maybe... That's crossing a line now, like it's not like that was some real intense fear where yeah. I just like you know we we do the little the little jokes jumping out i've I've done it with buddies, my dad, I grew up, my dad is the ultimate in jumping out and scaring the shit out of you <laughs> um those those are fun ones I think though that get really involved like that that really terrorize a person that's that's where. Being scared gets too real.
1: Yeah. And I think a large element of why that wasn't okay is because she didn't sign up for it. She didn't sign up for putting herself into a vulnerable spot to be scared in that way. Yeah. Right. So if they would have had a previous verbal agreement where they're like, we're going to, I'm going to scare you one day and I'm not going to tell you when, are you okay with that? And then at least. Somewhere in the back of her head, she knows it might happen, right? Yeah. Because like we said earlier, I think part of being the one who chose to be part of it is a big thing. And yeah. I think the difference between just doing a fast jump scare, uh, like I'm in the bathroom and you're hiding around the corner and I didn't sign up for that. The difference is um, we've established a history where we do it to each other and it's funny. Right? Yeah. And it's very non-threatening.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: Right. So,
0: and that's, <clears throat> yeah, and I'd say one of the big differences is you don't actually feel like your safety is a concern. Yes. Right. Like, pretending you're breaking in as a, a robber into somebody's house or your own house to scare your partner or what have you is, I would say, a, a completely different level of fear and scaring someone. And maybe, People, some people are okay with that. Yeah, I'm not saying that it's it's crossing the line for everybody necessarily, but I know in my in my brain of pranks and scares, yeah, that one's that one's going too far.
1: Absolutely, I agree with that. Unless, like I said, you have a deal with your spouse, and you're like, I'm gonna do a ba- a really crazy prank on you. I'm just letting you know, and then you're not telling them what you're going to do, but you're at least letting them know. And I think there's something with the human psyche that can get around that, like wrap their head around it better. So, you know, just you're breaching the subject with each other and letting it be known, and then you're giving that person a chance to say, I don't want you to do that to me. Yeah. Right?
0: Yeah, for sure. So, (laughs) you kind of set up a boundary or... At least let you know or let someone know that
1: they well, they have a choice in the matter, yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. They
1: might not know what's gonna happen, but they have a choice whether they're gonna be putting themselves in the position to experience it, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so that being said, um, we talked a little bit about like psychological fears we have, like the irrational kind or whatever. Yep. Oops, do you have, um, because we live in a digital age, right? Yeah. Do you have a movie and or a video game that comes to mind when you think of something that's truly actually scared you in that sense?
0: Yeah, um, specifically, I've played a lot of horror games over the years, um, Resident Evil and Silent Hills and that, and they all are really good in their own right, and they all got their jump scares. Um and it's fairly fairly quick there will be a bit of build up into it and a bit of suspense and stuff um Silent Hill when it first came out was really good for it
1: Yes cuz Silent Hill was a video game first and then they made a movie right Yeah yeah Because I haven't played the video <clears throat> game but I've definitely watched the movie and I thought the movie was like scary like yeah. it, was, it was good
0: It's chilling and they, yeah <laughs> I thought they did a really good job with the movies too um but it's,
1: just, it's interesting to me that it started out as a video game oh yeah uh because i think early 2000-ish maybe
0: i think so yeah
1: um stuff like that hadn't really happened like evolving from a video game idea to a movie that that was kind of a big deal almost right like, yeah i think resident evil started out that way too yep
0: yeah. Yeah, Resident Evil is definitely a video game before it was a movie. Most video game to movie crossovers aren't that good either, but Silent Hill and Resident Evil, is, from my own personal opinion, I thought were really well done. They kept it fairly creepy. I don't know. I haven't seen all of the Resident Evils. I know you said you had and you really liked them.
1: Uh, yes, and I don't know if this was the first Resident Evil game, but definitely I remember, I think it was GameCube. My brothers had a Resident Evil game. Yeah, and at least for me, it was the first time I even heard of Resident Evil. I think uh, was the video game. Yeah, and just watching them play it was horrifying for me, like terrifying. Yeah, I was so scared. <laughs> I, I'm sure if we looked back at that video game now, it would not be.
0: Yeah, if especially now, if you look, if you look at where they've come from, the original Resident Evil. But I I think I originally played it on a PlayStation One to what it is now in in Resident Evil Seven is just a f- phenomenal change in yeah. graphics and and I w- I was gonna say scare tactics but not really there's still the jump scares um, I haven't played Resident Evil Seven I've only seen it and and that's why I'm I'm guessing it still lives up to its. Uh, it's a good amount of jump scares, though. Um, but yeah, the... A, a game I played, though, that doesn't rely on a good quick jump scare, it's actually a terrifying game to play, especially if you have a fear of the ocean, um, is Subnautica.
2: Yeah. The, yeah.
0: the game is probably one of the best and most terrifying games I've ever played in my whole life and
1: it actually scared you
0: oh yeah it there's um there's so you're on an alien ocean planet like there's literally maybe two or three islands in the game and they're not very big and you have to cross a fairly large amount of water to even find them. And you don't see them off in the horizon. You start off. You're ejected from a giant spaceship that crash lands on this planet. And you're in a life pod. Surrounded by water. And you can see your crashed spaceship. Yep. And if you want to do anything in this game you have to go into the water there's no options you don't there's not a boat you don't get to control of your life pod you have to explore and i i i was reading a, a few subreddits um uh threads about subnautica earlier today and uh one of the guys said he 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 got out of his life pod and he just stood on top of his life pod for <clears throat> probably about 5 minutes or so and just looked and could see nothing except this, this ship, this yep. your spaceship that crashes. That's And that's how it is. That's all you see. You can look down in the water below you, and you see, you know, some fish swimming around and these weird... Um, shit, I can't remember what they're called now. Anyway, uh, one of the other creatures that's fairly harmless and stuff, and you really... I was just I was relating to his his whole thread about it because I was like oh man that's what I did too because I was like I don't want to go in the water (laughs) and then I went into the water and I spent hours in the there's an area that you start out it's called the safe shallows and I just went in circles exploring in that area not really venturing too far and you do a lot of grinding for resources and parts so you can get uh uh sorry uh blueprints so then you got to try and find the parts once you got the blueprint so you can build you build this little thing it's called the sea glide and for anybody that's not sure what that would be um it's those little underwater self-propelled kind of things you you would hold with your arms out straight in front of you and it pulls you along under the water basically i'm yeah. not sure how to describe it, them properly but
1: it's kind of like the handlebars of a bike or something almost not really but kind of and it just like propels you like yeah
0: it's got a little like almost like a uh well yeah like a propeller basically off a boat but it's inside a housing and it propels you through the water but
1: it it provides no protection
0: yeah yeah you're not enclosed or encased or safe or anything and and that so anyway you you build this up, and he's saying, oh, "I built this, and I started feeling all safe, and I, I got my got some courage, and I they keep the, so you have a a PDA in the game, uh, which is your
1: personal digital assistant.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it talks to you and tells you this and that and and that, and so when I was playing, I d- I didn't really want to go too far and I especially didn't want to go under the water because when you go under the water you can at least see right but as you travel further from the safe shallows it's it's like a real ocean like it drops right off it's vast you see what's immediately in front of you and a little bit in the distance but it's everything kind of hazes out like it would in the ocean yeah and it's very very vast <clears throat> so i was like i'm just going to stay on the surface um, i heard there's this island if i go straight this way and i was going along and all of a sudden my pda yeah. announces to me and i saw so and i'm wearing headphones while i'm playing this it announces to me that this ecological biome matches seven of the nine preconditions for stimulating terror in humans Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's terrifying. And I looked. So in the game, I looked down into the water and I could literally see my feet kicking in the water below me and nothing, nothing left, right. You don't start with a compass. So you don't even have directional sense. Yeah. Um, So if you had a whole, a a long way north and you're like, I just got to head straight south because I know that was the safe, nothing attacked me. You don't know that you're heading directly back the same direction you went. Yeah. You might veer off a bit and all of a sudden you're in a really bad area. But when I looked down and I didn't see anything, I could hear these like groans and Uh, just all these weird sounds and i was like oh god i need to go back so then i i go all the way back it's just it's a really psychologically terrifying game it really preys on the unknown the fear of the unknown um the fact that you're on a alien planet and you're alone yeah you're the only survivor uh you also get infected with an alien disease that's Um, basically put this planet on lockdown, but killed all the aliens that were... Because it's an alien planet, right? So there was an alien race there. And there's a whole storyline to it. And I'm not going to bore you with details of it. But anyway, so you're constantly... Your health is is a constant concern. Um, Your oxygen level is a constant concern. You need to eat and drink water to stay alive. Um,
1: Yeah, and I think maybe... The fact that it uses ambient sound yeah. as well as other types of sounds, too. And the, it, you're encompassed in that. And the power of suggestion. So saying, are you sure you want to go there? Yeah. That's this. And then also naming things, certain things, I think works with the power of suggestion. Because I heard you say that part of the water is called, like, the safe shallows. Yep. What... Is there a name for the other water when you go over to it?
0: Yeah, so there's different biomes, right? So you start off in the safe shallow, so that's your biome, your safe biome, basically. Because
1: um, th- that that would give me the impression that right now I'm probably in the only safe place, right? Like, yeah. So it's suggesting that once you exit this area, you are no longer safe, right? So that yeah. plays into it too?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Because out the very next biome outside of that is the kelp forest. And then depending on the direction you go outside of the kelp forest, um, and is it, it could be there's, um, Yeah, uh, there's, uh, there's an area, I think it's called the, I keep wanting to say the Great Plains, and I don't think it's called the Great Plains, but it's like (laughs) kind of this flat area, and it's got some red grass, and, but it's, it just all of a sudden kind of opens up, and, but it also drops off, and when you are on the bottom searching for resources what have you and you look up you see the surface very realistically like you would if you were actually scuba diving like it's such an immersive game just talking about it gets me excited and makes me want to play it again um but it it has uh part yeah okay, okay i guess part of the unknown is the fact that all of the the species on the planet are alien. You, it's, you're not going to see a flounder or a blue whale. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're absolutely venturing out, um, finding sea life that... Um, some of it is just fish that you're going to eat. Some of it is giant um, leviathons that are essentially a whale. They don't do anything. They're just nice to look at and they make groans. And those were actually the groans I was hearing... When I ventured out first and I was like, Ooh, I don't know what that sound is, but I'm going back. It's actually the gentlest thing in the entire game. Um, man, I could really just nerd out about this for a long time. So <laughs> I'm going to start boring p- listeners here. It's just, it's a really good game and it really preys on the unknown, the vastness of it. The sounds are a huge, huge thing yeah. for scaring humans. It psychologically triggers fear, certain sounds.
1: Yeah, and you get kind of like sucked into the game in a way somebody who's really into a movie is just really into it. So it's... Yeah. It, you're part of it. You're interacting with it too. I think it's almost scarier than watching a movie in a way because your decisions, your decisions yeah. are what's causing...
0: You're the one that's in control whether this person's going to live or die yeah. or what monsters come to attack. Yeah. Yeah, and I think really a next level horror movie would be an interactive horror movie
1: yeah and i think we saw something about that one yeah. too but we didn't really look into it but i think is it netflix that has
0: i think it was netflix that had something like that
1: it's like a choose your own ending movie yeah where um you can interact with the movie to see what happens and that's neat too but yep. that was also just like kind of a click and point it wasn't something far and above that like yeah. more but as technology continues i think we will see more stuff like that i hope so and of course there's vr but i'm not sure if we have the time to get into the vr and how crazy that is too yeah but, um <clears throat> so like my one thing that stands out as something that actually scares me is the movie hostel and i don't know why uh, yes. because i Absolutely, can watch all sorts of horror movies or scary movies and thrillers and blah blah blah. Like yeah, <clears throat> some movies don't bother me. Like chain Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I like those movies. Yeah, they scare me, but it doesn't get me to a level where I don't want to watch it again. Right. Yeah. Um.
0: <clears throat> Excuse me.
1: And very. Like, most of the paranormal movies we watch, like, this, like the scary haunted movies, or the possess- possession movies, or yep. exorcism ones, uh, some of them scare me, but they don't uh, make me want to shut it off or something, right? Like, yeah. You know, uh, it's, it's it seems fairly mild to me. Even the stuff I find very scary is not but hostile for some reason, and I don't know why. Um... It's just the idea of something like that, and I don't know if some people know what hostel is, but basically it's it's an older movie from two thousand and five, and um Wikipedia is calling it a slasher film um, so it's basically it's it it's about a mysterious organization that tortures and kills kidnapped tourists so. Um, the way that they go about it, though, it's like, um, these people, they, yeah. So basically, this movie is about tourists that go to, I believe it's Amsterdam or somewhere like Europey.
2: Yeah, Europey. That's
1: a word. (laughs) And, like, they're young people, right? And then, basically, they meet a series of ill-intended people, and they don't know this. And then, basically, they they get drugged, and they end up in this, basically, like, torture chamber place where, like, rich people have paid money to be able to kill a human, basically. And these people that have paid the money, they have any weapon they want and they can do whatever they want for any length of time, really to these people and where they're at is designed to let them do whatever they want. And then these, they're just going to get rid of the bodies for them. And it's like a business transaction, right? Yeah. And I think the reason why I find it terrifying is the fact that, It's like the fear of the unknown, right? So they're in like a foreign land to begin with. And they're kind of at the mercy of trusting the people that are helping them on their vacation. Yeah. And there might be language barriers and stuff, which makes you more vulnerable. And that could happen to anyone, right? Oh, yeah. And then it's also the fact that rich people who uh, money is no issue... So it makes them powerful, and it ultimately makes escape impossible, really, right? Yeah. So your odds of getting out of there are almost zero, and even if they were, you'd be hunted down and killed before you could even get anywhere else to safety, right? So I don't know, it's just like the loss of hope. Yeah. Because I like watching things like this, and I like to read books and i like to whatever right like scary stuff but if the element of getting away isn't there for me then it's just sad and i don't want to watch it and i don't know why it just bothers me yeah because i watch other movies where these people don't have very good odds of getting out either. And I'm like, whatever, it's entertainment. But this one, I don't know why.
2: (laughs) It
0: just gets to you.
1: They just hit every check mark on my uh, fear factor page. Yeah. You know? And I mean, like, I get it that something like this is highly unlikely. It's an irrational fear. All these elements lining up for this to actually happen to me are not true. Right? But it's also one of those movies, too, where... I don't know if other people have these, but it's like I'll watch a movie and I'll like it kind of because I kind of like it. But yeah, it's not giving me enough good stuff. Yeah. To want to watch it. It's mostly bad stuff. But it's one of those movies where I'm watching it and I was like, man, I just... I wish the ending was different. You know when you watch a movie and you're like, I want the ending to be different this time. But it's never different, right? I don't know. It's just like a perpetual circle of like there's no hope and only violence, right? Yeah. And I don't like that. And um, yeah, I don't know. It's just... Like we watched every single Saw movie... Yep. (laughs) Recently, and I could watch those, but they get the chance to get out because it's technically a game, right? Yeah. Except for a few really specific parts where the wrong people were playing the fake games in the Saw movies and torturing people. But um, even in the Saw movies, which is a really well-known franchise of slasher films as well, right? Yeah. The element of they can get away is there. Yeah, and I need that.
0: There's not the hopelessness. Yeah, yeah.
1: I need that for my entertainment. Otherwise, uh, it's. I don't want to watch people get hurt f- for like no reason. I want them to be able to maybe get hurt, but they conquered and yeah, they, they, got they out. the good guy won. Yeah, like I want that still. Yeah, the odd time I don't. It
0: gives you a closure then. Yeah. too, right.
1: The odd time, I don't mind a story where the bad guy wins because it's a shocking twist, right? And that's entertainment too. But if you're watching two hours of brutality and that's it, like, eh, I don't know. It's a good movie though. Like, I like Hostel too. I've watched Hostel too a ton of times. Yeah. But for some reason, the first one just gets me. Yeah. I don't know. So that being said, um, I talked earlier about how there's kind of a, and it's not really new, but is I, I feel like it's gaining more popularity of, it's called survival horror and it's a real life interactive type of, it's like a new take on a fun house or a haunted house. Yeah. Kind of all in one. So there's a place and there's, I think there's a few of these. But the one I'm talking about specifically is because we watched a Netflix documentary that actually had this
2: yeah. place yep. in
1: it. <clears throat> so Excuse it's me. called McKamey Manor. And it's an American, it, it claims to be nonprofit, but haunted house attraction where survival horror events are performed. And they pioneered the idea, apparently, of extreme haunts. Um, It was founded in San Diego by resident Russ McCamey. And I am reading this straight from Wikipedia. Um, It was originally located on his property. The house operates year-round and the tour can last up to eight hours. Guests must sign a liability waiver to participate. So I know that was kind of vague. So basically there is an extreme house in the United States where people... They don't even get charged. You have to sign a very thick liability waiver to be able to go in, but yep. these people sign up for and I'm going to say more specifically what it is. Um being subjected to verbal and physical torture, um
0: actual real life terror.
1: Terror um a
0: lot of unknown
1: I know in the documentary, somebody, or in a video I watched, because I also watched some of his internet stuff, because he videoed some people getting terrorized or whatever. But these people sign up for it. Like, somebody put a person in, like, an apartment-sized deep freeze for, like, hours and hours and hours and hours. And that was what they had to, they just had to sit there. That was part of it. Yeah. And these haunts, these tours, they last... I think it was between like six and ten hours or something. Or maybe it was even more than that. Um, I might read that it was a different number, but it's a long, long time. No one's ever finished it. No one's ever finished it.
0: Yeah. Oh, it makes sense.
1: But people that want to be super scared like that and stuff, they sign up for it. And there's actually like more people than you could ever imagine that are on waiting lists to go here.
0: Yeah. And, and that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> that, to me, that's crazy because I went, you know, just your average haunted house as a kid, right? z 99 yeah. puts on the haunted house. Yeah. My parents took us to that when we were a kid and it, it was definitely scarier than I thought it would be. Yeah. Um, it wasn't like so terrifying that I couldn't do it, but it was, scary enough that i didn't want to do it again
2: yeah
0: (laughs) like the next year because i was like "Nah, that's good i've been through it once and i'm sure it's different every year and that's part of the like for me it was just i would honestly say it was probably because of the unknown like it was just oh that's good i do things jumping out in front of my face and it was just very real and outside of my 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 nice little comfort cage that. I was like, oh, no, I'm good. You guys go ahead.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, In a time like that, I might use the classic... uh, I'm not... That wasn't even scary. That's my (laughs) way of, you know, peace peace out, guys. Uh, And also looking very tough, maybe. Yeah. When I was actually very scared. I don't know. So... um, This house permits just a handful of patrons to enter each weekend. Guests are not required to pay an entrance fee. Instead, McKamey accepts payment only in dog food for his pet dogs. Oh, yes. That's so dumb. Like, I have a personal issue with this place because I feel like it's just screwed up. Like, I feel like psychos would have to run this to be able to do it. Like, I actually... But whatever. I mean, people get what they pay for. Like, you sign up for that because you like it too, so... Yeah. Um. Uh, okay, so at the Tennessee location, those 21 and older can get in. But you can be 18 to 20 if you have parental consent. And I mean, like, real lawyers have drawn up stuff because it's that brutal in there. Um... Oh, it says, the tour can last from four to eight hours, and no guest has ever made it all the way through, despite not, despite previously not allowing safe words. So, th- it was so rough that people that were getting subjected... And it's like, you can get somebody, uh, like, yelling in your face like uh, the army, kind yeah. of, right? Or people telling you, like... They took one guy and they just wrapped his face completely up in duct tape. Like he couldn't see anything or really speak. And I was almost wondering how he was breathing. Like, like they take, they push it very far without actually
0: harming you. but...
1: But you don't know what's happening. Yeah. Cause the guy already had like a toque over his eyes. So he didn't even know this was happening to him. Like they just keep doing stuff to people. But, um, when I, the stuff I watched, you weren't allowed to have a safe word. Yeah. Like you signed up to like, just be in there. And then when they thought you were done, you were done, but no one had ever made it through the whole eight hours basically. Right. Yeah. But apparently Jeez. they now allow safe words. So McKamey says that the guest have the option to use, One that ends the experience immediately, so that's at least good now. The house operates year-round, and there is a waiting list of over 24,000 people. The newest iteration of the performance, a 10-hour experience called Desolation, offers a prize of $20,000 for successful completion. But it deducts $500 from the prize for every failed challenge or use of profanity. So that's another thing. If you're going through that, you're not allowed to swear either.
2: And I know one
1: of my go-tos when I'm scared is fuck.
0: Oh,
2: yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You and me both.
1: Um... (laughs) So, during the tour, the employees of the manor, they may physically assault patrons, hit them with vibrating toys, waterboard them. Like, they get waterboarded, yeah, there. Yeah, that's because, insane. Because waterboarding won't kill you, it just frickin' tortures yeah, you, Yeah, I was right? gonna
0: say, that's a torture technique.
1: Um, they get forced to eat and drink unknown substances. They have them bound and gagged. They engage them other forms of physical and psychological torture. And there are videos on uh there what we originally watched it on was a twenty set twenty seventeen documentary film called Haunters, The Art of the Scare. And when I watched it and I would say now it was probably pretty close to a year ago. Yeah. Um that was on netflix at least in canada so but i know that there was a lot of youtube videos where we you could watch this too just so people know um so one journalist tara west mentions that in the communities where it occurs the residents question how the attraction stays legal even with a waiver while there is a safe word One participant named Laura says that during her experience, she repeated the same phrase for several minutes before employees stopped torturing her. She later went to a hospital for extensive injuries. Participants can also be drugged during their experience. Oh, jeez. And I watched, like, somebody, they were put in, like, like a shallow water-like trench. Yeah. And they just had to lay there. And it was cold. Like, it doesn't sound horrible, but I mean, if you don't know when it's going to end or what's yeah. going to happen to you. If someone's going to, like, shove something on your face while you're doing it. Like, but it, but it's for hours and hours and hours. Like Yeah. Ugh.
0: It'd just be um, tormenting and torturous.
1: One of the volunteer guides detailed that the 40-page waiver... Signed by participants lists all of the possible risks endured, including pulling out their teeth, a chance of getting a tattoo, and getting their fingernails pulled out. According to an editorial by Jeff Heimbach, Heimbach,
0: I think you said that right. Of
1: horror buzz, the haunt community does not consider McCaymie Manor a part of traditional Halloween horror houses. And I know in the documentary that they were saying that too. Yeah. Like all the old school like scream queens and like scare people yeah. were like this we don't uh we don't claim this. This isn't what we do, right? Like
2: yeah.
1: please don't think of that as in our culture. Um, the, the McKamey Manor facility in Summertown, Tennessee has been the subject of numeral, numeral, <laughs> numerous complaints. Um, they wrote about an incident where deputies were called to the property after a neighbor saw a woman dragged sc- screaming from a van as part of the experience saying staged or not. This is simply something that none of us want anywhere near us. Could you imagine being the neighbors? Oh, God. I don't know where they moved it now, but at least in the documentary, this was in a neighborhood. Yeah,
0: yeah, in a residential, like he had neighbors.
1: Yeah. Um, District Attorney Brent Cooper said that the program is legal because people are subjecting themselves to it voluntarily, through. Particip- though participants can withdraw their consent at any time. And I think possibly that's also why it's technically technically non-profit and you don't pay to get in. I think the fact that it's free and they're volunteering I think those play into each other but I don't know for sure. So yeah like I said it was featured in a documentary called Haunters The Art of the Scare and I mean yes because I watched footage on this I believe you'd have to be a special kind of touched in the head to to be somebody that works there or the person owning it. However, people, 24,000 people yeah. on a waiting list For want to do people, it. For some people,
0: this is right up their alley.
1: And I don't get to judge what somebody wants to do because it, technically they're not hurting themselves or other people. They're just pushing something to a limit, so whatever. Yeah. But that's not my idea of a good time uh, in terms of being scared and having fun.
0: How about yeah, you? no, no, not at all. Uh, I the jump scares and stuff like that in a regular haunted house, those are fine. But when you you're going past the line where it's getting physical, yeah. um, you could be drugged. You could literally have your fingernails ripped off.
1: Yeah, that's what yeah. I said. Yeah,
0: teeth pulled out. Like, no, that's that's just silly. Now, I don't know why anyone would suggest like for twenty thousand dollars at best as a payoff if you don't swear at all yeah how are you getting a tooth pulled or like a tooth pulled out with no anesthetic or a nail tore off uh without swearing like <laughs> yeah you just, i know right you just you know balling up a fist and taking it no i don't think so
1: yeah because it was also like <clears throat> i think it was the documentary or one of the youtube videos they were saying like yes you get docked money if you win if you swear but also if you just swear in general when you're going through it you are subject to more of it yeah they'll do it harder to you if you swear because apparently their one rule is have kind words i don't know but <laughs>
0: yeah we, we might uh drug you and tear a fingernail off give you a tattoo but uh we don't actually condone swearing so if you could just not swear that'd be all right
1: and i'd be like fuck no yeah i'm swearing
2: exactly Yikes.
1: Um, <clears throat> I, I do think that part of people that want to do stuff like that might also be the fact that, um, there are those, uh, I don't know what it's called cause I'm not into it, but those people that like pain.
0: Oh yeah. Like a sadomasochist.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like they'll be like, whatever. Right. Um, but there's also, I think an element of people that would be like, I want to know what, what I'm made of. Yeah. Like they would, they would, they would go in there because they want to prove something to themselves. Right. Yeah. And I can actually see that part of it when I do hard things. Sometimes I'm like this hard and it sucks, but I want to see if I've got what it takes. Right. Yeah. I don't know if this is the challenge I'd pick.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I would say with the fact that for however many years this has been around and not one person's actually completed it and made it through the whole thing. Um, It has been for everybody that's tried more than they could have expected at all.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I think challenging yourself and pushing your limits is a good thing. But then there's something that is maybe just a bit over the top and ridiculous too.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, Well, I think we've... Used up a lot of our time there, and I think we discussed quite a few things that I thought was interesting. Oh
0: yeah, me too. Yep. Yeah. I think we did a good job.
1: Well guys, um, I just burped, I'm sorry. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the last thing to talk about is Little Nerdy.
0: Yeah, yes.
1: Our friendly neighbourhood podcast
0: Yep. that we listen to. They are great. Michelle and Owen do a great job. We're always excited for the next episode.
1: Yeah, and um, they've done episodes on the Ninja Turtles, on Batman, on... Uh,
0: Star Wars.
1: Yeah, Star Wars.
0: Um, Warhammer.
1: Yeah, Warhammer. And they most recently did their debate without hate again. Yep. So one Friday a month, they talk about kind of everyday stuff and what their preferences and opinions on stuff are.
0: Yep. And and in the end, are you team Owen or team Michelle? You never know until you hear the discussion. So yeah. tune into that, guys.
1: Their podcasts come out every Tuesday Yeah, on every major platform. So wherever you're listening to us, you can find them. You betcha. Uh, There's only one thing left to say. Join us next Monday
0: for For some podcast podcast and chill.